Hello, Terri-Anne. Hey, my darling. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. So to, today we've <laughs> kind of started with the idea of um, why get, you know, why would we have developed marriage? You know, there's so many uh, very, you know, there there's so many reasons out there, you know, uh, when when I was a child, like a teenager, and so many teenagers would come up with this in my time as a uh, marriage was created as an institution to uh, keep women down. And, you know, that was just a false uh, narrative. It could happen that somebody gets married and keeps a woman down. But basically, it's completely the opposite in in kind of saving the um, the species, right? The human species mm. needs to to develop. We have babies. Those babies are helpless. Um, the woman is vulnerable during pregnancy and also while she's rearing the child. So the essential thing is that the man um, remain faithful in several ways. There is the, the monogamy that occurs, but also um, secondly is the production of that, that progeny and supporting the wife so that she is able to take care of the the child as well so he goes off and he's a good hunter and mm. you know makes a good living and takes care of the kid takes care of the family if he goes off and has two and three and four children with different women you you really really need to be a good hunter right you gotta yeah. you gotta bring <laughs> back a lot of food to do that which is fine if you can do that um i would say that's that's fine except um well i would say that's fine meaning that it doesn't it doesn't matter if if you're accepting polygamy, but as we've once discussed before, uh, polygamous societies are rare and likely they're rare because one, the economic factor, like how many how many things can you kill to eat as a hunter, right? Um, mm. Or go out and earn money. So it would be richer people uh, having those those children, right? Um, but if you have the richer, better looking, more successful people getting all the women, you have a more violent society where the men who don't have the, the goods, like just can't hunt as well, earn money as well and do all these different things, they become more violent. They don't get the woman, right? You have a society where, you know, you can be polygamous and everyone could go after the wealthiest right? You're creating family and, you know, women. And it's, it's really powerful, I would say, also that, you know, the more women you have, the more they're taking care of you, more everything the kids are taking care of. It's almost like a community and you run your little community, right? Um, so, you know, that could be a, a difficulty for people who are not as successful, you know? Mm you know, kind of like the way we look at the royal family. They have all this money, they re reproduce, they do what they need to do, and they keep getting more and more and more and more. Can you imagine if they had all the women too, right? <laughs> it, would be, it would be difficult for men to keep up to, you know, the standard of the royal family, right? Yeah. So um, monogamy is, I mean, we're not going to go through every single reason. You know, some people talk about, um, you know, monogamy to do with um with just something being uh Im or imposed on people um and it's actually or the person might think it's unhealthy uh to impose this when it's actually not the evolution of our of our society um depends on the certain things being balanced out so Mm -hmm. um, monogamy would represent, um, sorry, polygamy could represent uh, the elite, right? The elite, the elitists could be more polygamous because they had more money. Because uh, if they didn't, let's say they didn't have a woman who procreated, um, if she was, you know, barren, then he could go off and get another woman and then you know, in our history, the, the church started saying, well, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, you still need to be faithful in your marriage. So that that's kind of like, well, why would you have to do that, right? If 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 everything, if we're, our survival is based on, let's continue, let's replicate ourselves, why would we do that? So I, I think one of the things that explains that is 
that we become more of a violent society if people can just go off and and be polygamists and and you know have their choices right that's one thing i don't think that's all of it because i'm not quite 100 percent certain why uh why we have to be um have fidelity in a marriage right uh, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but we can think through it, right? We, it stabilizes the family, right? So the moment where we have infidelity, it destabilizes things. We can't, we can't look at human beings in a vacuum. There is jealousy. Mm. Like I, I just, you know, women will rip themselves, you know, close friends, women, they become so catty um, and so difficult when uh, they're competing for one man. Right, you, you yeah. get a competition. A woman will tear down another woman when they're competing. I saw a fight in the street outside once. <laughs> Pardon me. Fighting. I saw a fight in the street once outside where I live. Two women were fighting over a man. It was like mad. Yeah, you've only seen it once. I've seen it many, many times. Yeah, that, you know, literally. they'll scratch each other's eyes out. You know, like, how dare she, even married women, how, you know, oh, my God, there are all these young women flaunting their, you know, nubile bodies. My husband is looking. So the jealousy starts, right? So, mm. you know, what I was thinking, what would be the evolutionary benefit to to jealousy, right? There, there must be an evolutionary benefit mm. to jealousy. Yes, there must be something. Right. That there must be something. I mean, it's not it's not great to be jealous and it's good to look at it and it denotes our insecurity security. But why would we evolve, especially women be evolved to be jealous? I mean, men, you know, it's they want to know who their offspring are. So when yeah. some man starts to go after their woman, even if they have 10 women, they don't want you to touch the woman. You can make up all kinds of psychological explanations, but you know, it seems to me the primary explanation is I need to know who my progeny is. So my woman yeah. has to be faithful to me. Whereas he knows, you know, he can spread his seed, but he needs each woman to be uh, faithful to him. So there's one biological um, imperative. The second biological imperative that would come from the female of the species would be that he's got to come home and take care of me. Mm. Right. If, yeah. if, you're, if, if you're just like, oh, I don't care how I take care of myself. I don't care about my sex life with my husband. I just care about my child and this and that. And I'm not interested in him. Uh, and he, he, you know, he starts looking for a woman who's, you know, more homey and takes care of him. Well, uh, that would mean she's at risk for losing yeah. his attention. Right. Yeah, but the jealousy could almost um, encourage you to to remain young, to uh, not crazy young like people are doing, but um, to to be in a relationship where you say, "I can't just do uh, anything. I have to keep healthy. I have to eat the right food. I have to exercise properly," so that that also supports my relationship. As as that sounds a little bit weird, but um, it, it is important, right? You want to look good for your partner. You are aging anyway, but you want to look good for your partner. That doesn't preclude that you have, we have health issues. Of course, there are health issues. And, you know, the stronger your bond with your partner, obviously, the love that you have and the caring and formulating a family, right? That, that real energy of I've got a family and we're inseparable. I think that's the most important thing that people don't look at is that once you get married, you cannot break the marriage apart right so no mm. one no one shall put asunder this marriage right but when we when we started saying we can divorce um like if it's not working out we can divorce which means um people are just not trying to find different options on how they approach um their own filters to life right mm. you know some people say well i've tried a million different things and he won't change. As soon as you hear someone saying that, then you they haven't looked, they haven't looked at themselves, right? If I heard someone say, I've tried everything with myself to find out how I can live in this marriage, how I can work with, 
with my husband and it seems to me he's not really connecting and I really feel good about myself. I've, I'm, I'm just making this up as I go along, right? Yeah. Because I'm not saying these are the words you would use 100%. You'd have to sense where the person's coming from. So, you know, usually they, they don't say they feel good about themselves, but you listen to them, they feel really strong. It's like, wow, well, my husband's really just not, um, you know, coming along on the journey. So I'm already off doing this and that. And, um, mm. you know, now I'm ready to move on, which, you know, to me is there's no argument left. They've done all the arguing. They've done all the 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 um, triggering of their partner. Um, they've done all the work with themselves. Now, a lot of people will come and tell me that they have done all of that. You know, so what are the cues and clues that let us know you haven't? Like, it's good to look at yourself. One of the cues and clues is when you're blaming the other person, when you're saying, yeah he won't change along with me. It's a, it's a subtle difference, but you know, I've moved along and it seems he's not accompanying me. It's like, like um, we're really not um, on, the same, on the same road. Like you're so different. It's like two strangers mm. living in a house together. I mean, that's the best I could describe it, but even then those are not the words that would come from a person who's already figured out that, um, the marriage ended, it just kind of like ended because you know, you found where you, you need to be. Now I've heard many people come up to me, I've found where I need to be, my husband's not along with me and um, I, need, I need to go, but there's still this element. You can feel it, you can hear it, you can smell it, you can taste it where they're blaming their husband. And I can guarantee you know, 99% of the time, women like that end up saying, I don't know why I got divorced. Because they really haven't done the, the soul searching, even though they've done a ton of work, they haven't done the soul searching to realize what is it in them that thinks the husband has anything to do with anything. I think if you're with somebody and you're really living separate for a while can also be an indicator of, well, you know, I can live with him the rest of my life. We're good friends and he has a woman and I have a man. We're fine. That's a whole different ballgame. Right, you've come to a place where you're more like brother and sister, but you can hang out together till the day you die. Um, there, there are just so many options to this. So, please, please, when you're listening, don't take the words as as declaring that you have figured out your shit. Let's put it that way. Right? Uh, you probably, uh, um, you know, more than likely, we leave one relationship to go into another one, and it's usually the same person. You find these rare moments where someone has really done the work and they're ready to leave the marriage um, and, you know, move on and they actually attract someone new. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's really something hard to, to discern. I think a lot of people come to me for tarot and I look at that and go, no, you're, you're done. You're done with this. And I can tell you in, 25 30 40 years of doing this i've seen it really rarely and mm. you know even when somebody does get divorced they'll usually come back over and over again whether it's tarot or or um all of the other treatments that i give and they're still saying you know they can't move on or uh their their husband is still that he's still not moving on with his life he's still bothering me well you know when you hear something like that it's you haven't moved on if, if somebody from my past is, is, is trying to talk to me or call me or whatever, and, uh, and I've dealt with everything, what does it matter? Yeah. What do I care? It's not like, oh, they're trying to tear me down because they've come from my past. No. Now, and, and that occurs often when you have children, right? Once you have children, you, you don't end the relationship with that person. You're going to have to deal with them. You're going to have to hear about them. So they're not going to disappear. Um, and secondly, how you deal with that. Like, no, my, my ex is still in my life, obviously, because of my kids. I'm making this up again because I don't have kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know how to deal with it. And I've seen many women come to that place. And they no longer have this sticky attachment and codependency to the ex-husband. So it's like, there's a person who was in my life and now we deal with each other differently because I've shifted. The other person may never shift, but you have. So you can pick up cues and clues to where someone is still stuck in the relationship, even though they say they've moved on or they've divorced, right? 
people will use divorce as a proof that they've moved on and that doesn't always necessarily happen mm -hmm. and moving on does not necessarily mean you never see the other person <laughs> that's that's so not fascinating right you know if i've moved on that person lives their life i live my own oh, not necessarily you move on and you're able to deal with your past as well right Mm -hmm. right I don't know right wrong just kind of putting out my hypotheses out there <laughs> that that I can see work you know in many occasions where there's so many exceptions to the rule I'm talking about generally you really want to look and see have I done all the work um, the more someone insists that they have done the work I usually notice that they probably haven't right They'll yeah it's like people saying I'm really open mm, no, yeah probably and, not and then they come up with, well, they'll say, I'm really, really open and blah, 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 but I don't have a relationship. I don't know why things are so negative. I, look, when you've, when you've resolved things and you leave and you say, okay, I'm, I'm looking for a relationship. If you're really, you know, with yourself, and when, it, it doesn't matter when, where, or how. You're just, you're just in the, in the process and then you meet someone and, but usually people who haven't dealt with it is like, I've been single for six months and why haven't I met someone? It's like, well, because you're involved with this timing thing and you're involved with yeah. what you think, what your your expectations are for what it's, your life should look like. So yeah, you've obviously like not- Oh, it's not fair. I've been single for three years. <laughs> exactly, which is so strange, right? I've been single for three yeah. years and it's not fair. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. if you were living your life, doing what you need to do, free of some of your blockages, what do you care how long it's going to take? Yeah. Well, that's really the ego or, or the id. It's the id that goes, I want what I want and I want it now. And the more you do that id, why don't I have a relationship? I mean, just listen to that for a moment, right? Oh, Eloise, yeah. why don't I have a relationship? When you hear that from me, what's your first response? Who would want to be in a relationship with you when you're so desperate, yeah. right? We're so needy and desperate. Yeah, it's very, it's actually repulsive. Mm. You know, you're sobbing and crying. It's more important to you that you're not, that why are you not in a relationship instead of what are the ways that I'm uh, creating a beautiful life for myself? And then when the right person comes along, they're going to, I'll be ready for this this person, but if you're sitting around creating space, why is it not fair? Well, you're gonna have a big piece of your life cut out for a lack of fairness. Mm. And and also when somebody says to me, things are not fair, it's like, yeah, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. It's yeah. not okay. Nothing's shared equally, and trying to force things to be shared equally is still not fair. Right. If somebody excels in sports and you want to share the spotlight with everyone, <laughs> it's not fair to the person who excels. Yeah, there's a famous, oh, I have to go look this up, but there's a famous story. Um, mm. Gosh, it's such a beautiful story where um, to make everyone equal in this society that, that the story talks about, what they do is weigh down the person who has a talent. So if somebody can run really fast, then you have the person who runs the slowest. They add weight to that person, like actual physical weight, so that they won't be able to run fast, right? If somebody's beautiful, they, they make their face ugly. Like, I don't know, I forget what they do, but let's say put a bag over your, your head or operate on you so you become put ugly. Put acid on your face. Yeah, put acid on your face to make you ugly, right? So the lowest common denominator becomes what everybody's supposed to be. So in our yeah. society, historically, it's the best is what we want to be. Yeah. Right? But if you have a, an equal society, then the worst person is the one you're going to compare yourself to. The most troubled person. Uh, the one who is the weakest. And then you would have to bring yourself down to meet the weakest. Right? That's what mm. they did in communism. That's what all communist and socialist... Uh, ideas work with you can look at it politically you can look at it in a family right you have somebody who's really talented and you know you praise their talent the other kids think it's not fair because they don't have a talent 
Okay, so I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm just going to praise my kids who have no talent. I'm going to focus on them. Then the child who has the talent feels insecure, right? Yeah. Because they're not. So, so we're constantly trying to modify what occurs in nature, right? So, you know, you're going to have the most beautiful peacock and likely that most beautiful peacock will keep reproducing, right? The strongest mm -hmm. peacock will reproduce. The best feathers will reproduce, right? Because they attract the female. So what we're doing uh, when we want equality, when we say it's unfair, our view of the world is no, we're going to take the ugliest peacock and every peacock should look like that, which means, you know, the dilution of our genetics, um, the dilution of who's the best in society that we need to lean on, you know, leaning mm. on it, Bill Gates produced what he produced, which means we're all living off of that. Right. And, and then, of course, what's his name, too. But Bill Gates begins it all right. We've got all this great stuff that stems from his production. Of course, he doesn't necessarily doing it now, but, you know, his whole company, everything that that keeps producing. It employs people. Um, people are on the stock market earning money with whatever he's doing. Right. And then he's benevolent. Yep. He helps people in the world. Well, OK, so he's smarter than me. And he produces more and he's able to create more. Why wouldn't we want him? Why would we have taken him when he was a child and added weights to his brain? Tell him you're not allowed to study anything more advanced. You only can study your ABCs yeah. over and over again all day long because there's uh, someone in the class whose IQ is 80. Yes, okay, your IQ is 160, but we don't care. You're only allowed to. Why would we do this? You know, this is like, um, this is where... It makes no sense, but it's it's kind of like the pendulum swinging from the direction of the of of nature to the direction of nurture, right? It's like um, we often say that that patriarchy dominates. All right, you know it seemed to be patriarchy. I, I just don't buy it. I think that matriarchy was in it. I know a lot of people say this, but I even the Kali Yugas and the Kalis. It's like. Um, you know, they say the darkest period in our history, but they don't necessarily say feminine and masculine, right? Um, but uh, anyway, I don't, I won't go into that for the moment. Let's just skip that. But let's to go, go into, right? If, if the, the feminine has, meaning nature has been very dominant in how we deal with our lives, right? Women have to stay home and do work at home. Well, why? We can't leave the kids by themselves. Okay, we're back. We're back. All right. So, hmm. uh, do you remember where we kind of left off here? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> By the All door. right. So, Someone came to the door and we got distracted. Yes, we did. So the, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm just trying to put together theoretically what we're doing when we're talking about um, monogamy. And I remember, you know, one of the things that, this isn't about judgment in any way. It is discernment, you know, discerning appropriately. You know, when we say life isn't fair, it's true. You know, if somebody says that's not fair, well, yeah, it's true. Um, and it doesn't need to be corrected, right? Because, mm. no, it's not fair that I'm not as good looking as, you know, Cheryl Teagues or whoever the models are. It's not fair that, you know, uh, my body has the genetic predisposition to being fat. It's not fair. Um, it's not fair that, um, you know, I get the, the, the ill health that I have. Um, not fair. But at the same time, it's like, no, this is just part of being a flower on the planet, right? We're, we're going to experience the, the ramifications of, um, of all of our experiences, plus all of our belief systems, plus our genetic heritage, et cetera, et cetera right mm -hmm. so it's it's absolutely not fair i just love that that phrase i love to hate the phrase it's not fair because we use it as a manipulation you know with others right uh, to or towards others and yet it's just a fact yeah. and it's not you know who says it's supposed to be fair yeah why yeah life would be really boring if we all got everything we wanted when we wanted it 
I know you're going to argue with my word of boring there, but it would be odd. It doesn't make any sense that people would get everything they wanted every moment they did. So, Well, and also, um, if you got every thought that came into your head, it would be pretty dangerous. Yeah, I really yeah, like they... elephants. And then an elephant appears. It would be really Yeah, annoying. or you're just thinking, Although oh, we could repopulate. Or you think something crazy like, oh, God, I just saw myself falling down the stairs, breaking my neck. And then you go and do yeah. it. You know, I see those things often, you know, these these crazy sort of snapshots. Right. So because my legs are unstable, I'll see these. I'll be going to the staircase and I just see this tumbling down the stairs. Now, it doesn't happen. Thank God. But why doesn't it happen? Well, because you can't manifest every thought you have in your head. Right. That's that's, that's just not a reality. So, you know, there's this whole um, sense of what, you know, how do you make things happen? I I really don't know how how we make things happen. You know, you can study this over and over again uh, and not quite figure out how things happen. We think we can control things, even even doing the energy work we do or reading the tarot. You think you can control it. You can't. So it always ends up becoming living what the experience is rather than placing a, um, a, a kind of neediness on top of it, right? Like, oh, you know, uh, my business isn't going well enough or my this isn't going well. Well, that's what is happening to you. So living through that journey might be the most um, enlightening aspect right instead of living through what's in your head expectation wise right and it's it's the same being single for years like you go through personal growth in that time or not yeah okay there are plenty of people who don't 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 change at all you can be married single doesn't the the activities that we have almost seem to have no importance um, they apparently formulate uh, part of our belief systems, right? So we have these experiences, but it's usually an avoidance based on past history that is all a mental construct, right? If I've got all these mental constructs of how I think life is working and I don't actually look at life as it is, which is very hard, by the by, because, um, you know, how do you accept the horrible things, Right. You have terrible things yeah. that happen to you. How do you accept them? Is usually the question I hear. And it's like, well, you don't have to accept them and you don't have to reject them, but you can look at how life is and work with what you have. It's almost like being in a kitchen and you got some eggs and flour and whatever you've got to make your dinner. And all you sit there going, saying is, life is unfair because I don't have all these other ingredients. Yeah. But you're, you're never going to necessarily have everything. Um, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it looks like somebody who's richer than you, um, has something you don't, um, apparently, but it, it, you can never walk into someone's life and see that they lack for nothing. You know, you're, you're, if your mentality says there's a lack, then there'll be a lack. Yeah. If your mentality says there's no lack, then there's no lack, Right. Um, mm. You know, unless I'm, I'm talking about lacking things that are in your head, not starvation. If there is no yeah. food or water, you're in a very different, that's life threatening. I'm talking about mental constructs, not reality. If reality is there's no water and there's no food, well, that really sucks. It's terrible. And you're going to desperately figure out ways to find water and to figure out how to get food. That's, that'll be your focus. I mean, we in, in societies that, that are quite lucrative and you don't, you know, we might have people in the street, but people can go on welfare. They can, they can uh, tax the, the government, right? The, the government coffers by, you know, applying for welfare, et cetera, et cetera. Even though we're getting more and more homeless on the West coast, um, I think it would be difficult to have, homeless on the east coast here because it's too cold in the winter you can't have all these people living in the streets right um so you kind of look and go well what is wrong with our our society that that's happening 
you know what's mm. what's going on there like you know I, I it's too complex but the breakdown of the family we don't have people like if somebody's not working out in the family there was always somebody to to help them out to feed them to help them get along their way right mm. and and family is tough on each other to push you into succeeding in life instead of making you helpless right this is one view you know another one is it, as as we are to me this is my viewpoint we're in a time of matriarchy so matriarchy is now using um, the ideas of submission and uh, control and power over. It's really gross. Um, I hear it often. It's like, uh, what is it called? I don't even understand what it means. Somebody explained this to me, but um, something to power. Like they just keep talking about this. I'm like, what are they talking about? You know, like, what is this power thing they're talking about? Um, don't you have to get up in the morning and figure out how you're going to, you know, live your days so you could pay your bills and how you're going to put money away for your future? I mean, everybody does this. We've done it throughout history. You get mm. up, you till the soil, you go hunting, you create a commerce so that you can feed your family and you could take care of yourself till you die. Nobody had a hammock, right? We didn't have a hammock that said, fall in here and, you know, your age, old age will be taken care of. Why didn't we have that? Well, it's likely impossible to work off the backs of those people who actually go out and, and create jobs, who create mm. work, right? You know, that's kind of like the, the immigration where people came in, created their own job. You see people doing that. They come in, they create their own job. Those are incredible people. You know, yeah. they, 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 they produce they something that, that people want. If you work for me where I'm producing something people want, and then one day they don't want it, but I find something else and I'm still able to, um, you know, take care of my life. What happens to the employees? We know what happens, right? They're, they're left out there going, I need a job. Yeah. That's, that is so difficult. That is not natural. To, to, that's not how we lived for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. We, 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 fended for ourselves we built some some families things came together so that we would um you know be able to uh, support life right and now now we look at it and think it's not a good way to support life and we want to support life by leaning on something that could break right if you keep leaning on government to keep um taxing people because I, I forget what percent of people pay taxes there's a it's not a very big percent of people it's i don't even think it's 50 percent of the population so 50, oh, wow. so if it's let's i think it's 30 but let's say it's 40 percent of people are paying taxes well then there that's supplying 60 percent don't forget there's old age right yeah. there's young people all under working age, so there's a ton of people not paying anything into the system, but getting free schooling and the older, like the end of the bell curve that's older, ends up getting uh, pensions, which, you know, for years and years we talk about um, mm. the pensions are gonna run out. Well, they'll run out as soon as there won't be enough people working to produce enough taxes to pay everybody, right? Mm. We don't know when that is, but we could have a suspicion that the more we tax, the harder it's going to be. And that's where we're going, right? We want things to be more and more fair. So the more and more we want it fair, we're, we don't see how unfair it is on that portion of the population that's paying for you. And we even use words, euphemisms. I really find it interesting. It's, it's a euphemism to say the government is paying for it because it's actually you and I. Mm. that's paying for it the government is just managing my money and managing where it goes and not telling me can you imagine giving you know half of your salary to someone and they don't tell you what they're doing with it yeah i'm just gonna take that i take it and i will do whatever i'll I want. do something yeah there'll be no yeah. discussion with you on what i do with it so i'm gonna buy this piece of art that's worth, you know, a thousand dollars, but I'm going to spend fifty thousand or hundred thousand. 
Oh. Or half a million. We've got two, like, they're these sculpted balls of marble. I think there are three of them, and I think they were a half a million dollars. <laughs> like, come on, you know? Okay. I don't think that's worth half a million dollars. Uh, we have a, a gazebo that, you know, if you sit down and estimate what this gazebo would cost, paid by the city, it should cost maximum, if you overcharge for everything, $10,000. Overcharging. Like, you'd have to overcharge a lot. Because it wasn't that much wood. Like if my, if our rooms that my boyfriend's building, you know, building up our uh, basement, if each of those rooms cost $10,000, we'd never be able to do it. Right? So yeah. this little gazebo, this little tiny gazebo, and the guys actually, I think it was, it ended up, there. the corruption was so high, it ended up going to like 150000 if not more, <laughs> for this little thing. You know, where you would make a lot of money even if you charged 5000 for it. Yeah. So you'd make a lot of money on your labor. So who paid for that? We did. You know, wh why? Well, there's corruption out there. It's just really corrupt. Yeah. It's super, super corrupt. So it's you... It's that, that whole thing. If you give someone the power to do whatever they want, they're going to. Yeah. And how are you going to make extra money? Oh, I'll make extra money by bribing this guy. You know, I'll give him, I'll give him ten thousand dollars. We'll charge a hundred thousand dollars. You give me the deal, and he gets ten off the top. Like crazy. Yeah. And you know, we know about these things happening at least in my city, but my city's not the only one. Like it's everywhere. You know, everywhere. It's just really hard once you have money. Somebody has a job, they desperately want to keep that job, right? Mm. So they're going to keep looking for um, uh, people to take the money that they're given for their position, right? Even if it's just futile, it's not necessary, it's not in demand. It's really crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about fair and trying to make it fair, we're human beings, it's not going to be. You know, somebody sees a pot of money and they see a way that they can get some of that money. They're going to take it. Yeah. There's always the honorable man. Always. But usually the honorable man or woman, I mean that as humankind, you know, ends up doing the honorable thing, fulfilling their own uh, needs. Now, what does this have to do with relationship? Everything. There's nothing... That if we, and believe me, I have not even covered any depth of topic here that um, would deal with how we deal with the world. But we look at our relationships and think they should be fair. We, you know, I was watching this stupid sitcom, really dumb sitcom, uh, but it's got a few funny parts. But one of them is she's really upset with her husband who opens up his beer cans and um, throws them in the garbage. And she says, no, you've got to clean them and put them in the recycling. And, you know, once in a while you could empty the dishwasher, et cetera, et cetera. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically the, the show has made out this man as someone who goes to work, comes home and drinks, watches shows, and is pretty much dense and all he wants is sex. <laughs> like that's, that's basically that's the description the of every single show um, that that he goes through, right? And he gets a few shots in, but mostly kind of looking as though he doesn't care, that he, he's run by his genitals, things like that. And um, so this particular scene, he's taking out the dishes from the dishwasher and putting them into the cabinet. And then she goes, oh yeah, baby. And then he puts another dish in and now he starts like wiggling his bottom and putting another dish in. And she's like, baby, go for it. Oh my God, you're turning me on while he's putting the dishes away. That is complete propaganda. There's, mm. there's no way a woman is going to turn around and find that a turn on. Um, if she does, that's the, you know, there could be exceptions to the rule, but you know, in my little survey of women, it's always when they're doing something construction-wise, you know, yeah. fixing a doorknob or, but you're washing the dishes, you're cooking, like, no, it's yeah. not, not right. And it's, it's not going to arouse 
a woman genetically, right? So, so we yep. we've discussed this before, but we keep asking for men to do all these things and you don't even look at within yourself to see that you're not, you don't like it. You want him to go out, bring home the bacon. That's what turns you on. You want him to take mm -hmm. care of the things you can't take care of or don't want to take care of or whatever. I mean, okay, there's, there's variations in between where there are women who like to hop up onto the balcony and climb up the side of a building and go onto the roof. There are women like that. Certainly. Uh, but yeah. that doesn't turn on a man. <laughs> Ask men no. if they're turned on by a woman who's super butch. You know, it, it's so fascinating. You know, so many years being out of relationships, so many years talking to uh, women, talking to men, you know, they want a woman in shape and I hear muscles. You know, the weird filters that I had in the past, right? I'm not saying I'm not filtered now, but it's really interesting to shift the perspective and see, oh, that really wasn't what was going on, was it? So, you know, women bulking up and getting super muscular and da-da-da. And I watch my boyfriend who, who sees that and he turns away and goes, gross. Like literally a spontaneous reaction, gross, when he sees these built women. He's like, oh my God, that's so disgusting. And I've been striving for so many years to make muscles thinking that yeah. is nice and it's not men don't like it turn on. Now, again i don't want to hear the exceptions to the rule there are plenty of guys who might like muscles but you know that that it, it's just just to say that what you think is is attractive isn't necessarily attractive you yeah. know that you're sitting around bodybuilding sure there might be a guy who really likes that you, you, of course but, you know, if you look around in the world, most guys want, you know, their woman to be feminine. Yeah, not muscular and no curve. And... Oh, it really freaks me out how much um, my partner likes curves. Like, it really just, like, it, <laughs> I, I, it blows me away. I keep expecting him to be turned on by what I think would turn him on. Like, you know, we're yeah. crazy. And it's like, no, that's not it. This is it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's just crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the person but, has a lot of the attributes I do. Of course, I'm not young yeah. anymore and, you know, don't have that bounciness that a lot of people have. But, you know, it's still interesting yeah. that it's, it's more in vain of, you know, what I looked like when I was younger. And he likes what I have now. I don't yeah. like it, which is hilarious. I hate what I have. And he likes it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait till my bum loses more weight. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't think that. <laughs> Everywhere else, but let your bum stay. I don't want that to shrink. So I'm like, oh my God, that's so gross back there. You know, it's just gross. And he loves it. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was actually talking to someone the other day and she's kind of just starting a relationship, but she knows the person she was, was, was dating someone 20 years younger than her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, how can he find me attractive? And I'm like, well, he does. Because he's with you. Do you know what I mean? It's just, exactly. <laughs> like, we, we just don't you see don't know what reality. it is that he likes. Yeah. Yeah, we're constantly looking at this. And, and, and that's kind of what I mean by the, you know, if you put it into politics, you put it into, you know, uh, oh, this fairness, unfairness, you put it into uh, nature's terms. You, you start to break down the ridiculous filters. If this guy is with you, he has any, he can, he's free to do whatever he wants. Mm. You know, he can go off and find somebody else. He's with you. He's not, yeah. you know, but women often say this thing, which I don't hear from men. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard a man say this, but uh, when it comes to relationship, so many women will say, do you think I'm settling? And, and uh, when yeah. I hear such a comment, I think it's like so um, narcissistic and no, I think it's not tech. No, I don't mean um, as a diagnostic tool, but it is such a, a singular view of oneself and, you know, looking at the expectations you have for yourself. And then you look out at another human being, a whole person, oh. and you have no compassion that this is a human being and say, well, am I settling for this guy? 
you're making love to him. You love him. You've been with him for a few years. Yeah. And you're saying that you're settling. Now, that's one. But I still think, you know, you meet someone, a human being, another human being. And you go home and you say, well, I'm settling if I date this guy. Why? Well, he doesn't earn enough money or he's not quite tall enough or he's not quite, oh. which is gross, but it's related to our genetics, isn't it? Women yeah. will try to marry higher. So it would be kind of normal that you would say that I have to marry above myself. That The hard part now will be uh, you're not settling, but do you think that the people you're going after are too many levels up from you, which is yeah. the hardest thing. Very hard for women to look at. Very hard. Women are all about, oh, you go girl and you're beautiful at any age. And no, sorry, no. So, uh, you know, the, the big question would be to oneself, are you a quality partner? Because it's not yeah. necessarily how you look. It's not necessarily, it's, it's really, are you quality, you know? For someone who's quality, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's one thing to be with a beautiful girl, but if she's like cheating and doesn't commit, you have no idea where her baby is coming from. You don't necessarily want her. Yeah. You know, that's not going to work for you as a man or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you, you, men are going to be physically attracted to 16 to 23 year olds. That's because it's the best period of time to have babies. So they're going to be attracted. Yeah. That's part of us. You can't beat that out of someone. No. But when a man becomes 50 and 60, he may or may not be interested in a 16 year old. He might even think it's gross. It's a child. And other men yeah. don't grow up and think, well, you know, you're 23. I still would date you. And she would date him because he's got money, because he's got status. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like, okay, it's not fair that the really rich guy is not going to go for the 50-year-old. Okay, but that's that can happen. So now, as women, you know, we lose uh, points when it comes to marriage and somebody wanting a family the minute we passed past 30 you know mm. you're 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 pick the pickings get smaller and i know it's so hard for us to admit that but those pickings get smaller it's yeah. tough it's really mm -hmm. really tough to accept that but you have to you gotta look back realize life isn't fair you've aged and now your market has shrunk down to well somebody who is on the same path as you. So obviously if you're not, can't have kids, well, no kids, right? Like you and I, no kids. Yeah. Well, I may still have chance. <laughs> you might still yeah. have a chance, but you know, yeah. the, the likelihood is so slim, right? It's not yeah. like you're gonna, it's not like you're gonna go like out and, and yeah. search for a partner where you're saying, the only thing I wanna do is make a family. Yeah. You know, that's that's going to be tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I was if a guy wanted to go out and make a family and he's going to meet up with me, well you even when I was in my 40s, you you're you're going to have a tough time. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, this is where the relationship aspect. So I've only got a few more minutes to chat, but um yeah. this is really important is when you're in a relationship is to begin to understand each other's values. I've seen so many women say, you know, the man says, I want children. And the woman says, I don't know. Well, that gives it a challenge to the man to say, okay, I really like you. You know, I love you. We're together. Um, you're, you're still not ready to have kids, but let's figure this out, you know, so you yeah. can choose. You don't know whether you want kids, but let's choose at least to give the guy a chance to leave and find someone else. Right. Yeah. But a lot of women, it's like, I don't want to lose the guy. And I'm actually going to manipulate him by saying, I don't know whether I want kids or not. Oh, I'm going to yeah, be really weird. hard on women here, but grow the hell up. Mm. Make a choice. Let this guy go. If you're going to sit around saying, I don't know, I don't know. All right. You don't know. 
then, you know, leave the poor guy alone. Tell him I'm, I'm not deciding. I may decide yeah. in the future, but you better make your choice. I may change my mind, but even if I do, like you're approaching 30 and getting into your, you're approaching 40 and you're getting in your 40s and you're saying you still don't know whether you want to have kids. This to me yeah. is so unrealistic, childish nonsense. I'm with a guy. I love him. He loves me. Oh, you've gone. She's gone, everyone. Quick. Oh, get back. Figure Sorry, out Darian, what you want to do, but you come around and say, um, <laughs> nope, I'm not going to tell him. It's so manipulative. Yeah. Right? It's manipulative. It's childish. Does that make sense? Or am I being, you know, unreasonable here? No, I think you're sensible. Um, I have a, uh, a couple friends that I've known for like 20 odd years. And they got to a point where one of them wanted kids and one of them didn't. So they split up. But they decided after a couple of years to get back together and they both committed to having kids and they've got two children now. But, you know, it's, you know, if one of you wants them and one of you isn't sure or not sure, you've got to give people the option to. Well, uh, again, we, we got to or not got. I'm just picking on that word. It's like, no, we don't have to do anything. You can be you can be manipulative as well. Like if somebody gets to 40 and wants to manipulate the guy, but be conscious that you're manipulating him. Yeah, yeah. Be conscious that your immaturity in not seeing things as they are, which means you've passed 40, likelihood of good eggs, likelihood of having kids is diminished. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but boy, yeah. is it low. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really lowered. So um, if you keep saying you don't know while your, your probability is getting lower, I would say you're being dishonest when you know very well you don't want kids. Because mm. if, if you know your probability is going down to have kids, you're really going to, you're coming to the wire and you're saying, yeah. I don't know, in your 40s? Now, if, if I'm in my 20s, I don't know when I want to have kids yet. Or some people decide in their 20s they never want to have kids, right? Yeah. So you, you know, you have to live with the consequences of your actions. That's fine. But, you know, to get to a certain point and think that, you anyway we could continue this but i've got to go because someone is trying to get in from their next session okay. they're a little bit early <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you're hearing them but um yeah, something. yeah. yeah so uh, we'll we'll continue we'll this next, and week, and we'll okay? chat next week okay all right yeah. my love have a good bye. one bye, bye.